What's up, y'all? Today is Monday, February 19th, 2018, and you're listening to the Queen Quaymo Podcast, where we promote black excellence, black intelligence, black businesses, black excellence. We just promote blackness right here on the Queen Quaymo Podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for being patient with me. Shout out to all of my listeners out there in the Midwest. Y'all know I fucks with y'all heavy. And I know I've been completely off schedule, y'all. I took a full entire week off. And it was due to grinding. And I took a little mini vacation. And I went to Memphis, Tennessee. And I had a ball in Memphis, Tennessee. And I said that on my last episode. This is my second episode for Monday. Because I have to do it back to back. Let y'all know that I did not forget about y'all. And as promised, I will deliver. So this entire episode is dedicated toward black facts, black leaders, black people of importance to the black community and black culture. Because for the month of February, I promise to tell y'all somebody for the month of February, every day in the month of February. In at least two episodes, I did forget to mention two leaders, but I did have two entrepreneur speakers come up on the show. So I felt like that was part of it. But I also still want to include leaders that were influential to the black heritage so i have a couple of people that i want to talk about today i also want to give y'all um just a little bit of an update of what's going on in the news not too much i know i'm not really a news person and the reason being is because the news has so much false damn news out there it's, it's false news and then it's bad news so either one of them i don't want to like spend too much time spending uh doing some recognition on but i do want to address i do want to address the the uh donald trump food stamp box i want to talk about that a little bit so that was one of the things i want to talk about i don't know what's up with y'all president though but he better get his bad and bougie ass on somewhere trying to pass out a bag a box of uh food talking about <laughs> talking about he uh finna pass the, the the food stamp uh box out like blue ribbon so i don't know what's up with your boy but ain't nobody got time for that shit like let these people have these food stamps like because number one it ain't gonna affect us no way y'all know us niggas we know how to get it up out the mud we gonna make anything out of a meal any scraps you try to give us we gonna turn it into a, a full course meal like scallops and shrimps and all of that shit they making it seem like it's an excellent food and it's exquisite well originally we wasn't eating it because it was exquisite we was eating that shit because it was the scraps and that's what we had to do to eat it so that's why you if you go to new orleans and all of them type of places they're really eating crawfish and shrimps and all of the other shit that's because that's what was in an abundance and so we found a way to make a meal out of it and eat it but you know originally black people we wouldn't touch that shit we didn't touch shellfish we didn't touch pork we were clean people we really a lot of us originally was vegetarians but you know as slavery happened and as we migrated and progressed our diets changed so you know now we have a lot of these foods on our menus today but you know again all of the good dishes y'all we created them bitches out of being hungry and being in poverty so donald trump ain't stopping no motherfucking show with his little food stand box that he trying to do so let me go ahead and pull up an article about it so <laughs> this article comes from usa today and it says donald trump's food stand box idea is a solution without a problem it says, with the release of his fiscal year 2019 budget, the Trump administration pitched a bold and innovative approach to reproach food stamps. 
Unfortunately, for recipients of the assistance through the Supplement Nutrition Assistance Program, the approach solves the non-existent problem of welfare recipients being able to choose their own food. <laughs> the administration proposal would create a bureaucratic nightmare that would increase costs and four-speed Americans one-size-fits-all. So basically, he, he tried to get like, it's going to be called the American's Harvest Box. And this is going to be uh, for the SNAP recipients that receive more than $90 a month. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to have like uh, a list of items inside of the box that he's going to pass out to people. So apparently he, he want to like get the boxes. He want to send the boxes out to people and they're going to be Blue Apron style. Now Blue Apron, you can go on blueapron.com and basically in their boxes, they put uh, farm fresh seasonal produce. produce. They put uh, meat in there with no added hormones. They put a substantial uh, source of seafood and they put like the ingredients you need to make meals. So it's like meal. <laughs> like meal boxes. I don't know what the hell is up with President Trump, but basically that's like that. And they got like different plans that you could uh, choose from. So like the plan that I just read, that was like the $10 box. They got $20 boxes. They got $40 boxes. They got all type of little boxes that you can do. So that's what Trump trying to do. But a lot of people arguing that it would cost actually more money than it would to give somebody food stamps because you got to pay for the shipping and handling to get these boxes to the people so this man just don't know what the hell he doing y'all he just i don't know what the hell up with him and if he giving you a box of food you may as well say fuck it and just go to the food pantry or something because this nigga you don't know what he putting in that damn food you just don't know and i don't want nothing he got to offer like none at all i ain't fucking with him so yeah, that's, that's pretty much all of the news that I got for y'all about that. So now, I just want to get into black leaders that influence the culture in some type of way. And I think it is just so important, you know, for us to take advantage, full advantage, of what is going on in Black History Month. Talk about people that influence us and help shape us. Because we get tired of hearing about the same old bullshit all the time, you know. And that's why I'm kind of happy about the Black Panther movie, but I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. I still ain't seen the yet. It been sold out. I tried to see it when I was in Nap. It was sold out in Nap. I went to, um, when I went to Memphis, we went to two different movie theaters, sold out. It was no tickets available. So I was really pissed off that I haven't seen the Black Panther movie yet. I am gonna make it my business to go see it though the first off day I get. I actually turned 28 Friday. I wanted to go to the movies to go see it, but I'll be working. So I probably won't go to the movies to go see Black Panther. I, I have to wait and sit this one out because, you know, I got to get my bills paid. I got to work, honey. Ain't the damn thing funny. Got to get my money, honey. You feel me? But no, um, I'm still, I'm definitely going to go see Black Panther. I don't know when. But sometime soon, either this week or next week, I will be going to see a Black Panther movie because I heard it's an amazing film. I heard it touched on so many things that our black people needed to um, see on screen. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. So I'm going to go ahead and get started into this history lesson on the Queen Quaymo podcast. So I have a couple of leaders for y'all. Y'all, I got Benjamin Banneker. Ben Carson, 
Jack Johnson, Charles Hamilton, Robert H. Lawrence, Charles Drew, Oscar McShaw. I got a couple of more people, and of course I gotta represent for the ladies too, but I will do that one on an additional episode. Um, the first person that I wanna talk about is Benjamin Banneker. Benjamin Banneker, y'all, saw an astronomical pattern and he made calculations and predictions. He was a math, a mathematician and an astronomer and he was born November 9th, 1731 in S. Elliot Cotts, I'm sorry y'all, I have a hard time pronouncing stuff. Elliot Cotts Mills, Maryland. He is largely self-taught and was one of the first African-Americans to gain distinction in science. I remember coming up y'all when I lived in Gary, Indiana uh, they had a school called Banneker School. It was named after him. So I didn't know a whole lot, a whole lot about him until then. But I'm now going to play y'all a little clip that's going to talk a little bit more about Benjamin Banneker. The color of the skin is in no way connected with strength of the mind or intellectual powers. Those are the words of Benjamin Banneker, and his entire life was proof of what he said. His math skills were so impressive that at age 22, he built a clock, carving all the gears himself out of wood. Banneker then went to work for a surveyor, laying out a 10 mile by 10 mile square of land. His job was to make the astronomical observations necessary to lay out that square of land perfectly. That square, by the way, became the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Banneker used his tremendous scientific knowledge to publish an almanac so that everyone from farmers to sailors would know when the high tide would be, what time the sun would setting, the phases of the moon. He calculated all this and laid it out in an almanac. Banneker's accomplishments are celebrated in books with an honorary postage stamp. And across this country, there are schools, elementary schools, high schools, academies, charter schools named in his honor. As great of a mathematician and scientist as Banneker was, he wasn't all math and science. He wrote to Thomas Jefferson complaining how Jefferson was all for the rights and liberties of people, but at the same time owned slaves himself. Banneker wrote Jefferson that, quote, you should at the same time be found guilty of that most criminal act which you professedly detested in others." End quote. In the end, we'll always remember Benjamin Banneker as a great mathematician and scientist. Perhaps the most famous notorious and unforgivable black man of his time. Jack Johnson, nicknamed the Galveston Giant, was the first black heavyweight boxing champion. Born in Galveston, Texas on March 31, 1878, Johnson was a man that knew how to get around the rules that were meant to oppress him. He started boxing as a sparring partner and fought in battle royal matches in which young blacks entertained white spectators who threw money to the winner. He turned professional in 1897, and by 1902, Johnson had won at least 50 fights against both white and black opponents. He won his first title on February 3, 1903, by defeating Denver Ed Martin over 20 rounds for the World Colored Heavyweight Championship. At the time, 
black and white boxers could meet in other competitions, but the World Heavyweight Championship was off limits to them. Johnson finally won the World Heavyweight title on December 26, 1908, when he fought the Canadian champion, Tommy Burns, after stalking Burns around the world for two years and taunting him in the press for a match. The fight lasted 14 rounds before being stopped by the police in front of 20,000 spectators. The title was awarded to Johnson on a referee's decision as a TKO, but he had clearly beaten the champion. His dominance over white opponents sparked furious debates and race riots in the early 20th century. Johnson was an early example of the celebrity athlete in the modern era, appearing regularly in press and later on radio and motion pictures. He earned considerable sums of endorsing various products including patent medicines and indulging in several expensive hobbies such as automobile racing and tailored clothing. As a black man, Johnson broke a powerful taboo of the time in consorting with white women. His three marriages, all of whom were to white women, caused considerable amount of controversy. Johnson would constantly and arrogantly verbally taunt men, both black and white, in and out of the ring. He was said to be the white man's worst nightmare. Johnson was inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame in 1954. His skills as a fighter and the money it brought made it impossible for him to be ignored by the establishment. In short term, the boxing world reacted against Johnson's legacy. But Johnson foreshadowed in many ways perhaps one of the most famous boxers of all time, Muhammad Ali. In fact, Muhammad Ali spoke of how he was influenced by Johnson. Johnson's legacy continues to inspire many in and out of the boxing world. This is Our History in Black. Yes, you guys, that was a clip about Jack Johnson and, you know, there's just a little eye-opener letting y'all know that before it was Muhammad Ali, there was Jack Johnson. So rest in peace, Jack Johnson. Shout out to him. I also want to touch on, um, well, before I even get into the rest I was touch on, I don't know if you guys uh, watch Dick Gregory. I am like a big fanatic of Dick Gregory videos, books, comedy, all of that good stuff. And Dick Gregory actually uh, touched on something, which is a conspiracy, but I see some truth in it, that the movie Godzilla was making a mockery of uh, Jack Johnson. I said, now that's crazy. So when you get a chance, just watch the original Godzilla and just try to um, check into that again. So yeah, now we'll go into Charles Hamilton. Charles Hamilton one second i'm looking for the clip that i pulled up y'all one second one moment i know i know let's see okay charles hamilton is the uh was the black lawyer who helped play a role in dismantling jim crow laws and helped train supreme court justice thurgood marshall Shout out to him. I mean, where would we be today if we still had Jim Crow laws into effect? So I want to give a special shout out to Charles Hamilton. When y'all get the time, take more time to look up facts associated with Charles Hamilton. I also want to tell y'all about Robert H. Lawrence. 
see, I, I try. I try, y'all, to keep my word about things. I do. I try to make sure that I'm delivering you guys information that you guys can look up on your own, okay? Now, Robert H. Lawrence. One moment. See? I'll be trying to pull these clips up. Hold on, y'all. One moment. I had them all lined up, but you know how that goes. Oh, okay. Robert H. Lawrence. There we go. So, Robert H. Lawrence was the first African-American astronaut that was selected to to pilot test drive uh, in the United States Air Force. He was actually supposed to go out of space, y'all, but he ended up dying in uh, one of the wrecks before even making it up there. So, shout out to Robert H. Lawrence. So, the main, main one that I want to get to talking about now, y'all, is Oscar McShaw. And I know I'm probably mispronouncing that because y'all know I'm a little country. But Oscar McShaw, y'all, that's the first, that is the first African-American author and film director. He produced more than 44 films. He made both silent films and sound films. The Oscar McShaw uh, hit you guys. Now, I don't know how true this is. So again, you'll have to do additional research. I've been trying to find uh, research that can prove this. But of course, a lot of things about our history is kind of hard to get to. But they were saying that Oscar Mashaw is the reason why we have the Oscar right now here today. And I actually got that from Dick Gregory. And I did see a couple of other little clips that was on YouTube talking about it. But apparently, the Oscars, the Oscars that you see today, the, the Oscar Emmy Awards or the Oscar Award, whatever it's called, that is initially, that comes from the uh, African-American uh, film author and director Oscar Mashaw so that's exactly where it comes from and they said that's why the Oscar is copper because it's supposed to symbolize a black man which when I started looking up research and trying to like find out the answers to that of course they tried to say that he is not a black man he was a Hispanic man but whatever I honestly think that that is actually where the Oscar comes from the first African-American author and film director, which was born January 2nd, 1884, and he died in 1951. So he was around, and they ended up dedicating an award to him, the Oscar Mashaw Award for Excellence. And that was supposed to be in tribute to him. So I don't know if people are still winning this award here today because I'm not much uh, of an entertainer. You know, I'm just now getting into this field myself. Yeah, but um, that's, that's actually, and I've been mispronouncing his name, y'all. It's Oscar McCox, I believe. So it's M-I-C-H-E-U-X. So Michael McCox, I believe that's how you say it. Uh, but one of his films that he did was called Within Our Gates. And that was a film in response to Birth of Our Nation. And one of the next episodes that I'm posting actually is going to talk about the original Birth of Our Nation from the film in uh, 1915. So five years later, uh, he released his film within our gates in response to the film of Birth of Our Nation. So yeah, Oscar McCott uh, definitely impacted black history, especially when it comes to the entertainment field. And he pretty much touched on uh, issues that uh, that went hand in hand with the, the interactions that blacks and whites had with each other. So he talked about racial uh, issues. He talked about the issues within our communities. 
and with all of his films he pretty much is letting you guys know that so the last thing that i want to do is just go ahead and include a clip about oscar mccox and after that i'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up because i got a little bit of an issue going on with my anchor app i know y'all so sick of me saying that but y'all i'm so sick of going through it i don't know what the hell anchor got going on but i have three episodes that i ain't even been able to upload and this episode that i'm recording to y'all right now it's been taking me two days to even get this episode up on the app so yeah hopefully they get their shit together had this all worked out so i can keep producing my episodes without a delay but yeah, that's neither here nor there. Let me go ahead and get into the Oscar McCox clip. Michelle was born on a farm in Metropolis, Illinois on January 2nd, 1884, at a time when black Americans were trying to prove that they could succeed in a world dominated by whites. His first real job was as a railroad porter, a very auspicious job for black men at the time. Not only did he get to travel, but he made connections with many wealthy white passengers, some of whom would later invest in his movie company. With the money he saved as a porter, he bought land in South Dakota and became a homesteader. He believed that the best opportunity for black men was to settle on the frontier. However, a severe drought brought this chapter of his life to an end. Michaud used his experiences on the frontier to write his first book, The Homesteader. Several companies wanted to turn the book into a film, but he insisted on producing it himself. At the time, black people would only see themselves on the screen as degrading and repulsive characters. They were usually portrayed as ape-like, and the common self mocking roles included chicken thieves and tap dancers. Often, the actors were not black, but white men in blackface. The Homesteader was the first black feature film, and the beginning of a series of race films that would portray black people as thinking, ordinary people. Within Our Gates was the first film to depict the atrocities of rape and lynchings committed against the black community from the black perspective. Yes, you guys, that was a brief clip on YouTube about Oscar Mache. I, I, y'all, I'm tearing this name up. But again, it's M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. And um, he just kind of was getting in the background, like how he uh, initially got started into becoming a filmmaker because he first wrote a book about his uh, personal experiences that he experienced as a railroad um, worker and a train conductor or whatever you want to call it but yes he um he definitely is an influential person i'm going to go ahead and conclude this episode y'all i am terribly sorry about the quality today but as always i promise to deliver and i will get better as time progresses i'm going into my sixth week next thursday so you guys thank you for listening Thank you for supporting and rocking with the Queen Quaymo podcast. I'm going to go ahead and conclude this episode with more information about Oscar McCaw. ...to his films as middle-class cinema, saying that his goal was to make movies that appealed to the middle class. His films portrayed blacks in contemporary life, their relationships with white people, and ultimately their journeys to be successful. He died March 25th, 1951, 
leave behind an entire legacy inspiring black filmmakers and stars such as Melvin Van Peebles, Spike Lee, Robert Townsend, and Eddie Murphy. This has been Brandon Murray with your Black History Moment. August 25th, 1987 is when a king was born. I was sent here straight from heaven. A fallen angel, so was tainted like a crooked reverend. Rolling dice with my life, looking for a seven. Took a trip to hell and back, yeah, I didn't see some things. Parents once were smoking crack, yeah, I didn't see some things. Took some chances, looking back, I had expensive dreams. Trying to attract some bad bitches with expensive jeans. Niggas is bitches, they won't scrap, that's why I'm sitting scratched. I'm fucked. At one point I even saw my family crack My baby mamas asked me Don't you want your family back I'm out here chasing all these hoes What kind of man is that But I tell truth so you can't knock it I did anything for profit For that cash up in my pocket It's a damn shame With this strap I call a rocket Smith the West at 40 o'clock And I ain't stressing I will pop at any damn thing I still remember when my mental wasn't stable Like with Kane James the game is laying his clothes for the eight I remember times no water, no cake. Now everything I spit is real, no fake. In the hood, niggas struggle every day. That's why niggas wait late and they hustle every day in the hood. It's the been a whole lot of pain. We done had sunshine, but hella more rain days in the hood. Niggas struggle every day, that's why niggas wait way and they hustle every day in the hood. It's the been a whole lot of pain, we done had sunshine, but hella more rain days in the hood.